Good evening. My name is Sarah Morant with the Government of Alberta, and I'll be your host tonight for this telephone town hall. Tonight, I'm joined by Bree Hutchinson, Executive Director with the Alberta Emergency Management Agency, Christy Tucker with Alberta Wildfire, Rob Dupree from the Insurance Bureau of Canada, Peter Tufik, Officer in Charge of Community Safety and Wellbeing Branch with the Alberta RCMP, Dave Brown, Director of Environmental Health with Alberta Health Services, and Michelle Gurney from Elections Alberta. In addition, I'm supported tonight with colleagues from many departments in the government of Alberta, including the Department of Health, Municipal Affairs, Education, Agriculture and Irrigation, Jobs, Economy and Northern Development, Indigenous Relations, Environment and Protected Areas, Mental Health and Addiction, and Seniors Community and Social Services. Before we hear from our speaker, let me start by explaining how this town hall will work. Right now, Albertans whose communities have been affected by the wildfires are connecting to the call and will soon have a chance to ask questions. You can get in line to ask a question right now or anytime by pressing star three and you will be connected to an operator who will ask your name and your community. We ask that you try to keep your question brief because we have many people on the line tonight. And in order to get to as many questions as possible, I will read each question aloud so that our speakers and experts can get to as many responses as possible. Before I welcome our speaker to say a few words, I will just take one more moment to remind you of three important pieces of information. To learn more about supports for evacuees and the wildfire status updates, visit alberta.ca slash emergency or call 310-4455. As well, if you or someone in your community is seeking mental health support, we encourage you to call 211 at any time to find resources. I would now like to welcome Bree Hutchinson, Executive Director with the Alberta Manage Emergency Management Agency, to please share a few opening remarks. Bree, go ahead. Thank you, Sarah, and good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining us for tonight's telephone town hall. We know this is a very difficult time for many of you, and I hope this platform helps you get the information you need. Tonight, I'm joined by representatives from across the Alberta government, Elections Alberta, the RCMP, and the Insurance Bureau of Canada. Before we get to your questions, I'll start with a few reminders of the resources available to you and how best to access them. We encourage everyone who is evacuated to register with your local municipality or all online with the Alberta government at emergencyregistration.alberta.ca. Registering makes it easier for us to connect you with resources and to give you local updates on your community. We recognize that this is an incredibly difficult situation and financial help is available. You are eligible for an emergency evacuation payment if you had to leave your primary residence for seven days or more due to an evacuation order. Secondary residences and recreational properties are not eligible. These one-time payments can help ease the cost of being away from home and pay for accommodations, food, and other necessities. Applying online at alberta.ca slash emergency is the best way to get these payments with funds sent by e-transfer within 24 hours. However, if you are unable to receive an e-transfer, you can also visit one of 16 Alberta Supports offices or reception centers in either Edmonton or Calgary to get a prepaid debit card. If you need additional emergency support, you can also call 310-4455, which is staffed 24-7. I encourage all evacuees who are eligible to apply for evacuation payments as soon as possible. The wildfire situation remains highly volatile across Alberta, but we are hopeful there is some relief in sight. Cooler temperatures and scattered precipitation has started to settle into the province and will continue through today and Tuesday. While it is not the sustained soaking rain we really need, it will provide some relief to our firefighters who have been working tirelessly to respond to this emergency. Despite the forecast, it is important for all Albertans to remain vigilant, especially those who live in areas that remain under evacuation alert. 
for those Albertans who have been evacuated, I want to thank you for acting quickly and keeping each other as safe as possible. Alberta continues to be under a provincial state of emergency and the Provincial Emergency Coordination Center remains at a level four. The fire danger is rated very high to extreme in Northern Alberta and rated high to very high along the Eastern slopes of the Rockies. There are currently 22 states of local emergency, five band council resolutions, and an estimated 10,872 Albertans evacuated at this time. There are 13 reception centers open for affected areas and the total number of evacuation orders now stands at 16. We know that Albertans understandably have many questions. Alberta.ca slash emergency is a good source of up-to-date information on a variety of other wildfire related topics, such as evacuation and the financial supports I mentioned earlier the latest evacuation orders, and information on community reentry. Thank you for joining the call this evening, and we're pleased to be available to answer your questions and connect you to resources. I want to allow as much time as possible for your questions, so let's get to them. Please continue to follow updates on the wildfire situation across the province, and please stay safe. Thanks very much, Bree. And for those of you just joining us, my name is Sarah Morant with the Government of Alberta, and I am your host this evening for the Telephone Town Hall. Joining me this evening are Bree Hutchinson, Executive Director with the Alberta Emergency Management Agency, Christy Tucker from Alberta Wildfire, Rob Dupree with the Insurance Bureau of Canada, Peter Tufik with the Alberta RCMP, Dave Brown from Alberta Health Services, and Michelle Gurney from Elections Alberta. In addition, I am supported tonight with colleagues from many departments across the government of Alberta, including the Department of Health, Municipal Affairs, Education, Agriculture and Irrigation, Jobs Economy and Northern Development, Indigenous Relations, Environment and Protected Areas, Mental Health and Addiction, and Seniors and Community and Social Services. Tonight, we're talking about the changing wildfire situation with communities who have been affected by evacuation orders. If you have a question right now or at any time during this call for any of our speakers, you can press star three on your phone and you'll be entered into the queue. And if you're listening online tonight, you can enter a question into that online portal at any time. Now, let's get started with our first question. This was submitted from Jaden, who is listening online, and Jaden says, when can we go home? So I'll have my colleague, Bree Hutchinson, with the Alberta Emergency Management Agency, please go ahead. Thank you, Jaden, and I'm so sorry you're living through this right now. We understand how difficult it can be. So I don't know what specific community you're in, but what we've been advising Albertans is to really pay attention to what their local authorities are saying. Even if the fire risk doesn't appear to be eminent for folks, there can still be other hazards in place and local communities are doing their best to make sure things are safe and ready for people to return home. So my best advice to you is from whatever community you've been evacuated from is to look at your local community social media sites, pay attention to what they're posting on web pages for updates. And you can also look at the Alberta Emergency Alert website to see when those alerts and those evacuation orders have been rescinded or changed. I hope you get to go home soon. Thanks, Bree. Our next question is submitted from Keith in High Prairie. And Keith says, why was our local hospital shut down during this emergency situation? So I'll have Dave Brown with Alberta Health Services. Please go ahead. Thanks, Keith, for the question. Um, because this happened uh, quite a while ago, uh, the uh, High Prairie Health Complex and the J.B. Wood Continuing Care Centre were closed on May the 6th. They were all reopened on May the 8th, and other lab uh, services and the uh, diagnostic imaging was open May the 9th. Uh, these sort of um, decisions were were reached with a balance between quantifying the risk of wildfire smoke and the fire in the area, and that which it posed um, on our patients, staff, and our facility. We felt we needed to take these steps 
on May the 6th to ensure all of our patients could be moved safely. AHS compiles assessments on all of our patients and outlining medical and transportation needs. Because these can be quite complex, these assessments are held uh, to determine what resources are needed for a safe evacuation and what kind of time would be needed to evacuate people safely. Uh, a complex the size of high prairies requires a great deal of effort, and as a consequence, the risks uh, were ass uh, assessed to uh, have um, the facility closed at that time. But like I said, all services have been restored, and there should be no concern. Thank you for the question, Keith. Thanks for that, Dave. Our next question is from Tracy um, from Sturgeon Lake, and Tracy says, my daughter and I can't find accommodations. Can you help us? So I'll have my colleague Maggie Carroll with Seniors Community and Social Services. Please go ahead. Thank you, Sarah, and thank you, Tracy. Um, very sad for your circumstances, for sure. That's got to be tough. You and your daughter have a couple of choices. If you're in need of emergency assistance, you can contact the 310-4455 number and ask for the Income Support Contact Center they can assess your emergency need and ensure that uh, you have some connections over to accommodation. If you need any financial assistance, they can help you make that need. I'd also recommend speak to the evacuation center that has been your touch point during this evacuation. They may have information on accommodation that you might be able to reach into and get some support. Thank you, Tracy. Thanks, Maggie. And for folks that are just joining the call right now, if you would like to join this conversation by asking a question to any of the experts, you can do so by pressing star three and you'll be entered into our queue. And for those listening online, you can submit a question into that online portal at any time during the event. The next question is from Philippa in Calgary. And Philippa says, the smoke came into my house and my wife is pregnant. She is feeling unwell from the effects of the smoke. What should I do? And I'll have my colleague, Celine O'Brien, with the Department of Health, please go ahead. Thank you so much for the question, Philippa, and I'm sorry you're feeling unwell. The greatest health comes from small, small particles in the smoke that can get into your eyes, breathing system, and bloodstream. You might not realize just how much the smoke is impacting you um, and your baby. Symptoms such as burning eyes, running nose, coughing, trouble breathing, generalized fatigue, and headaches are common. As you are pregnant and you are experiencing symptoms, I would encourage you to reach out to your health practitioner to get some additional advice. If you do need a break um, from your home environment, you may want to reach out to um, a local hotel that could potentially accommodate you for a night or two while the smoke is bad in the home. Shutting windows as long as temperatures remain comfortable is recommended. Um, using a humidifier if you can find one, closing fresh air intakes, or turning furnace fans to the minimum setting. Some of the um, symptoms that I just mentioned could also be related to other um, things that potentially are affecting your pregnancy, such as headaches. So it is important that you are checked out by a health practitioner. If you have additional questions, I would encourage you to call HealthLink at 811. There are registered nurses on call 24-7 to answer additional questions that you might have. Thanks, Celine. The next question is from Ben, who's listening online. And Ben says, when can I vote? Is there an advanced poll for evacuees? So I'll have Michelle Gurney with Elections Alberta. Please go ahead. Good evening, thanks for the question. I will just begin by saying that we have added a special section to our Elections Alberta website. On our homepage, there's now an affected by wildfire section, and this provides the most up-to-date information for voters who might be impacted, and this is going to be the most up-to-date source of information for you. We do have our advanced vote, which opens tomorrow, May 23rd, and that's available until May 27th. All advanced voting locations are equipped with our Vote Anywhere service. So that means you can visit any advanced voting location in the province and you will receive the ballot for your electoral district. You can check the Where to Vote section on our website at www.elections.ab.ca for your closest location. 
And if you do need to speak to somebody, if you don't have access to the website, you can call the Provincial Contact Center. The hours are mostly during business hours in the day, and the number is 1-877-422-8683. I should point out that at this time, there are three advanced voting locations that have changed, and those are for Drayton Valley, Fox Creek, and Swan Hills. So if you do live in any of those communities, it is important to check the website or call our contact center to see the new locations for those advanced voting locations. Thank you. Thanks, Michelle. Our next question is submitted by someone listening online and they've simply said, regarding the Shining Bank fire, what kind of resources are on the fire currently to try and contain it? Has it been contained? So I'll ask Christy Tucker with Alberta Wildfire to please go ahead. Thanks for the question. Uh, the wildfire that's in the vicinity of Shining Bank is part of the Deep uh, Creek Complex, and that means it's, uh, it has an incident management team in place there. Uh, there are uh, two 20-person American hotshot crews working on the fire, and we do have the um, armed forces, 100 uh, uh, 100 uh, military troops from the uh, Canadian Armed Forces are going to be starting work on that fire tomorrow. Uh, it received some light precipitation uh, today, as did many of the wildfires across the province, and that means that there was low fire behavior and it was fairly quiet in firefighting terms. It had about eight millimeters of rain on that fire, uh, and the military was on site there getting ready to uh, start work uh, in the morning. Um, we have eight helicopters assigned to this, as well as firefighters and heavy equipment, and they're continuing to work on, on um, reinforcing the perimeter and that fire guard that they've been working on uh, around the community. It's now around 40% uh, contained, and they will continue working on, on that as the days go on with the additional help from the Canadian Armed Forces tomorrow. Thanks, Christy. And a reminder for, for anyone who is just joining, you can enter our conversation by pressing star three to ask a question and you'll be entered into our queue. The next question is from Celine in Swan Hills and Celine says, where do we go to register for evacuation payments? So I'll have my colleague Maggie Carroll from Seniors Community and Social Services, please go ahead. Thank you, Sarah. Celine, great question. Your community evacuation center would be in Barhead. Uh, you can go there and register. And if you're looking to apply for the emergency evacuation payments, remember that you are to be entitled once your community reaches the seven day evacuation point. You can apply early for those benefits through alberta.ca slash emergency. You can apply right online um, at whatever time is convenient with you. Or if that um, proves to be challenging, you can attend to the Alberta Supports location and we can help you in person. I hope that helps. Thanks, Selena. Thanks, Maggie. Our next question is submitted by Gary, who's listening online. And Gary says, if there is damage to the things I've left in my yard, will my home insurance cover this? And I'll have Rob Dupree with the Insurance Bureau of Canada. Please go ahead. Hi, Gary. Yes, your items that you left outside in your yard would likely be covered by your home insurance. So your home insurance policy covers not only your home itself, but also the contents of your home. And those contents commonly include things that you would keep outside. Things like patio furniture, your barbecue, maybe even children's toys. So depending on what you left outside, I just wanna remind you and everyone that items like vehicles or farm equipment, they need a separate insurance policy. They're not automatically included under your home insurance. So once you're back and able to get back home, take a look at the items that were left outside, determine if there's any damage. If there is, I would encourage you to reach out to your insurance representative right away to start that claims process so they can assist you with any damage to your belongings or any repairs that might be required. Thanks for the question, Gary. 
Thanks, Rob. Our next question is submitted from Diana in Swan Hills. And Diana says, what is happening with Swan Hills? We don't really get any update from the town. Can you provide an update? I'm also going to read a question from John in Swan Hills. And John says, the fire seems to be out here. Can we go home? So I'll have my colleague Christy Tucker with Alberta Wildfire Starsh about the status of the fire in Swan Hills. And then I'll ask Bree Hutchinson with the Alberta Emergency Management Agency to provide an update on um, can we go home to John and Diana from Swan Hills. Christy, thank you. Thanks, Sarah. Uh, good evening. Uh, I know that a lot of us are feeling very optimistic with the rain that we've seen in a lot of areas of the province, but um, we do have to remember that many of these wildfires that are burning are, are large-scale uh, wildfires that will take a long time to put out. So um, while we have seen very quiet fire activity, and I'm happy to say that's, that's the case for the wildfire near the Swan Hills uh, area, um, it has been very quiet. Uh, we have our incident management team and crews uh, in place and continuing to work on it. And there is precipitation falling on the wildfires, which is certainly going to be a big help uh, to those firefighters. Um, we have crews and, and heavy equipment who have been working along Highway 33 there and, and other active uh, parts of the fire. Um, we have 56 uh, firefighters in place there and, and four heavy equipment groups all working there. Um, but it is still technically classified as out of control. So it is something that classification of a wildfire is, is something that we take very seriously. And uh, it will uh, certainly be up to the experts on the ground as to when it needs to be reclassified as, as being held. So certainly it's always, uh, it's always good to be optimistic about the status of, of a fire, but uh, not to be complacent because things uh, can change uh, when the weather changes and starts drying out. If we get significant winds, that can have an effect. So what we do as an organization is just make sure that the, the people in the communities, um, the municipalities have the information that they need, that they can make a decision about when it's right to safely bring people home. And, uh, and I think there's another half of that question that Bree could address. Thank you, Christy. And I think you did address a few things I would, but I can say that we work very closely with uh, the communities and local officials at, and in Swan Hills to ensure that they have a re-entry plan in place and they're making plans of when they can bring uh, community members back in safely. So part of what we look at is as Christy spoke about, is the activity of wildfire, are the resources in place to ensure the town is safe, and then removing any hazards between before folks can start coming back in. So I can tell you that your local officials in Swan Hills have worked very hard to put together a re-entry plan. They're looking at what's going to happen in the next few days, and hopefully if the weather holds and the wildfire behavior is uh, more mild and allows people to come back safely, that will be able to happen. We don't have a date yet, but I can tell you that your local officials, officials have been working on this uh, with the agency, and we're going to make sure there's a good plan in place. Thanks for that, Bree. I have two more questions from individuals from Swan Hills. I'm going to start with Ray, who's listening online, and Ray says, do we have any updates for the possible re-entry of Swan Hills after this wet weather on Monday and Tuesday? And Mildred, who's listening on the phone, says, with this rain, will it be sooner for us to return home to Swan Hills? Now, Bree, I know you just did talk a little bit about re-entry re for Swan Hills, but I wanted to see if you had anything more to share with Mildred and Ray about the impact of rain and if it will be, if there will be any updates on a possible re-entry for Swan Hills. So Bree, please go ahead. Thanks, Sarah. And yeah, I think as, as Christy spoke about it and what I just alluded to as well, the weather does really help, but there's a number of factors that your town would be looking at to ensure that people can safely re-enter. And there are a, a few factors that they're looking at to make sure that 
uh, whatever happens with the rain and the fire that the town is well protected and people would not put it be put into additional danger so there there are a number of things on that re-entry plan that they're looking at um, all those conditions have not yet been met but I know that when as soon as they will the local officials will be reaching out to let you know and, and let's hope that this weather will be uh, much more positive for that fire activity so folks can go home as soon as possible. Thanks, Bree. And for anyone who has just joined this conversation and would like to ask a question, a reminder that you can do that by pressing star three and you'll be entered into our queue. Or if you're listening online, you can submit a question into that online portal anytime. The next question was submitted online from Lorraine who says, I noticed ash or other particles actually landing on my patio furniture. If this gets into our water sources, will it impact drinking water? So I'll have Dave Brown with Alberta Health Services start, and then I'll see if Stacey Smythe with the Department of Environment and Protected Areas has anything more to, to contribute. Dave, we'll start with you. Thanks, and thank you for the question, Lorraine. Um, I think that there's several different drinking water systems out there and uh, allow Stacy to just to comment about the public drinking water systems that have a significant treatment and uh, delivery system attached. For a lot of Albertans, private drinking water systems is obviously part of the rural uh, um, uh, living style or living environment. Um, with wells or deep wells, there's a significant amount of protection against any contamination getting into the drinking water. If there is shallower wells or use of uh, surface water, there should be uh, proper uh, treatment systems employed to uh, remove chemical and bacteriological contaminants from that water. The local community health center is um, employed to take water samples for testing back for bacteria and for chemical analysis to make sure that your pri uh, pr uh, private drinking water system is functioning cr uh, correctly but also it, that it meets the Canadian drinking water guidelines. Stacy, did you wanna um, talk about public drinking water systems, please? Thanks so much, Dave. Uh, Lorraine, it's such a great question. And I want to reassure you that all of our public drinking water systems in, the, in Alberta are regulated by environment and protected areas. And all of them include provisions to remove things like ash from the water before it leaves the treatment plant and goes into the pipelines to your tap. Uh, so I, I, I can understand you're, you're seeing some ash on your patio furniture. You probably notice floating and standing water nearby. All of that will be removed through your uh, treatment facility uh, before the water reaches your household. Thank you. Thanks, Stacey. The next question is submitted from Paul, listening online. And Paul says, I had a new job lined up and now it has been canceled because of the fire. I've also been evacuated. Will there be any compensation or help? So I'll have my colleague, Scott Beebe with the Department of Jobs, Economy and Northern Development, please go ahead. Thank you, Sarah. And thank you, Paul, for your question. Employees who are unable to work due to an evacuation order are encouraged to file an employment insurance claim with Service Canada. And Service Canada has set up a special stream to, to support expediting claims of this nature. I would also encourage you to apply for the Government of Alberta's Emergency Evacuation Payment. You can also call 310-4455 and ask for the Income Support Contact Centre. Thank you again for your question, Paul. Thanks, Scott. Our next question is submitted from Roger, who's listening online. And Roger says, is there power in Fox Creek? or is it out? And if so, for how long? So I'll have Bree Hutchinson with the Alberta Emergency Management Agency. Please go ahead. Thank Roger for your question. And to what we can say right now, there are a number of power outages still occurring in Fox Creek. 
I do know that there were a number of officials uh, in the town today to try to repair some of the critical infrastructure. So with gas, with power, with some other utilities, as well as the grocery store and the hospital, there is work being done to ensure that they can start getting things back in place for when the eventuality of the evacuation order being lifted and people are able to return home. So there are still some power outages going on. I would direct your questions about specific timing to ATCO. And if you look up ATCO's um, website, they actually have quite a bit of detailed information on power outages, what they're doing to alleviate those power outages, and some potential timing of when that might be alleviated. I'd also say uh, your town is doing quite a great job in regards to social media and on their public facing website where they're doing updates daily. So I'd encourage you for your local authorities to look and specifically with Fox Creek to their website to see what they're posting because they're trying to post frequent updates to let town folks know what's going on. Thanks, Bree. Our next question submitted from Gail, who's listening online and Gail says, how many days do I have to be evacuated in order to get the payment? And so I'll have my colleague Maggie Carroll with Seniors Community and Social Services. Please go ahead. Thank you, Sarah. Good question, Gail. According to the policy for the emergency evacuation payment, we're looking at a seven-day entitlement. Day one starts when you are in a community that a state of evacuation has been declared. So, for example, today is Monday. If it was um, an evacuation notice today, today would be day one. And then seven days from now, you would be eligible for the emergency evacuation payment. You do not have to wait the entire seven days to make an application. You can go to alberta.ca slash emergency and commence your application online now. And then when your community is eligible, we'll determine um, your eligibility for the program at that time. Now, Gail, if you're in need of emergency financial assistance, you can also contact 310-4455 and ask to speak to the Income Support Contact Center. And our staff will assess the need that you are presenting and see what available uh, services and support we may be able to offer. Good luck, Gail, and thank you for the question. And thank you, Maggie. And just a reminder, if you haven't had a chance yet to submit a question to any of our experts this evening, you can do so right now by pressing star three and you'll be entered into the queue. The next question is submitted from Jeremy in East Prairie. And Jeremy says, how do we go vote since I lost my voting papers? And how are we going to get help to find a place to live? We have lost everything. I'm going to ask Michelle Gurney with Elections Alberta to please respond to the first part of the question, how do we go vote since I lost my voting papers? Michelle, please go ahead. Thank you. You know, this is a, this is a really tough situation. It's a really good question as well. Uh, so we do accept digital forms of ID. That means if you have a copy of a utility bill or a bank statement or something online, uh, we will be able to take that at the voting location. If you have somebody to vouch for you who does have ID, that's another option for you as well. If you don't have either of those options, what I would suggest is that you call our call center and we'll try to come up with a specific solution for you, as I'm sure there will be many people in, in your situation. And Elections Alberta is monitoring this very closely. Just a reminder on the call center phone number, it is 1-877-877. 422-8683. Thanks, Michelle. And I'll have my colleague, David Williams, from Seniors Community and Social Services, respond to the second part of Jeremy's question, which is, how are we going to get help to find a place to live? We have lost everything. So, David, please go ahead. Thank you, uh, Jeremy, very much for your question. And I'm uh, very sorry to hear about your loss. Uh, as part of as part of the response to to the wildfire evacuation, um, you know, helping people find housing uh, and making sure that they're in, in safe and appropriate housing is certainly a key part of that response. So, in the immediate short term, um, I hope you've registered at the evacuation center and you've uh, applied to receive your uh, emergency or your evacuation benefit. That should hopefully uh, offset some of the immediate short-term costs 
uh, in relating to finding a place to stay. If you need a place to stay uh, tonight, please call 310-4455 and we can connect you into our emergency benefit uh, process, which will help um, with things like finding shelter uh, and, and, you know, with some uh, emergency needs such as food and clothing. Uh, in the longer term, we will be working with the community of East Prairie uh, as the town begins to re-enter, uh, including looking at what the options and needs are for the community in relation to temporary and interim housing. So I hope that helps with this, uh, your, your question this evening, Jeremy, uh, and take care and uh, all the best. Thanks, David. Our next question is from Ashley in high level. And Ashley says, will there be additional funding for our school? We will have a lot of new children from Fox Creek attending next fall. So I'll have my colleague, Kindy Joseph with the Department of Education, please go ahead. Hi, Ashley, thank you for your question. Um, what I can tell you is that we have been in touch with school leaders and superintendents in any of the areas that have been impacted, and we are in contact with them regularly. Um, in high level, as you mentioned, um, we know the school authority there, the Fort Vermilion School Division, has been very supportive of students in need, and we've been encouraging all schools or school authorities to enroll displaced students. We do have uh, mechanisms to track new enrollments and those that are, are based on, those that may be based on uh, wildfires or evacuations. Um, we are assessing the situation continually with school authorities and we will be determining any actions that are needed to support either students or school authorities um, moving forward. So we are monitoring the situation. Um, and as this uh, situation continues to evolve, so will the actions that we take to support uh, students and school authorities. I hope that answers your question, Ashley. Thank you very much. Thank you, Kindy. And just a reminder again, if you would like to join the conversation by asking a question to any of our experts, you can do so by pressing star three on your phone, or if you're listening online, by submitting a question into the online portal. Our next question is from Jolene in Lang Junction. And Jolene says, is there a cost associated with when we return home with testing our well water to ensure it's safe? Are we responsible for that or the municipality? So I'll have Dave with Alberta Health Services. Please go ahead. Thanks, Jolene, for the question. Um, Alberta Health Services maintains uh, robust services for testing water for bacteria and for testing water for chemical um, contaminants, all of which are free. Um, I would encourage, Jolene, if you call your nearest community health office, it's important that for a bacteriological analysis, we get that sample in within 24 hours of actually drawing the sample from your water system or your well. And the sampling uh, needs to be from your drinking water supply. Um, uh, others, uh, other testing for real estate or other sort of business purposes, the, our services do not extend toward that area. But for testing your well that will service uh, your, um, your water needs for your family, um, I would encourage you just to reach out to our community health office and ensure that you get the appropriate bottles for the chemical and bacteriological analysis. And then the uh, staff there at the community health office would give you the drop-off time when it would be appropriate for us to courier that to our provincial laboratory. Thanks for the question. Thanks, Dave. Our next question is from Tracy in Edson. And Tracy says, what is the status of the fire in Edson today? How many kilometers is it from town? And so I'll have Christy Tucker with Alberta Wildfire. Please go ahead. Good evening, Tracy. Uh, well, the fire is still 14 kilometers away from Edson, and it has received uh, some uh, rain today, uh, which is good. It means that we've seen very low uh, fire activity on that fire, although it is still technically classified as out of control. Uh, it is uh, There's an incident management team in place, and the crews and heavy equipment are continuing uh, to work on that fire. Uh, they are uh, working on fire guards and uh, continuing to help uh, protect the community there. 
Thanks, Christy. Our next question is submitted from Jamie, who's listening online. And Jamie says, are there mental health resources for people who have recently returned from evacuation? So I'll have my colleague, Evan Romano, with the Department of Mental Health and Addiction. Please go ahead. Hi, Jamie. Thanks so much for the question. And yes, absolutely, there are resources uh, to support uh, mental health or, or uh, anxiety-related issues that would uh, be quite natural after a, a pretty stressful event that you and many others are, are facing. I uh, would encourage you to reach out to 211, which is a helpline and online database uh, offering uh, community and social service supports. But the, the highly trained specialist at 211 can refer you to on-the-ground or virtual counseling and, and other supports. The type of, of program or one type of program they may refer you to or you could reach out directly is Counseling Alberta. Uh, counseling Alberta offers virtual counseling services uh, at low or, or no cost. So uh, cost will not be a barrier for, for reaching out and accessing that service. And the, the benefit is it doesn't matter where you are in the province to be able to, to reach out and have those virtual uh, services. They can also refer to, to others uh, in person as well. Uh, additionally, the mental health helpline is operated by Alberta Health Services, and you can speak uh, on that helpline 24 uh, hours a day to a, a professional if you're feeling stressed or o overwhelmed or, or anything. And the phone number for the mental health helpline is 1-877-303-2642. But again, the quick, easy one is uh, remembering 211 to, to reach out to, and they'll be able to connect you with resources in your community. But thanks for the question, and take care. Thanks, Evan. Our next question is submitted online from Andy, and Andy says, I've heard there are people taking care of pets in some communities. How do I reach out to them? So I'll have my colleague Bree Hutchinson with the Alberta Emergency Management Agency. Please go ahead. Thanks for your question. I think like most Albertans, we want to make sure our pets are kept safe during an emergency. So if you were unable to take your pet with you when you evacuated, you can call the Alberta SPCA Animal Distress Line and they will have staff come check in on them. So the number for that is 1-800-455-9003 and they will arrange to have staff come and check in on them. But I would remind folks on the line, if you are in an evacuation alert community, is to have a plan in place for your pets if you're able to. So if you need to evacuate quickly, you can ensure to get them out of the house as well and make plans and arrangements to support them as needed. But once again, if you are unable to do that, you can call the Alberta SPCA Animal Distress Line and it's 1-800-455-9003. Thanks for that, Bree. Our next question is from Jessica in Edson. And Jessica says, what information can you share about the product fire terminators are using in shining banks? Are there any health risks for this chemical product? So I'll have my colleague Christy Tucker with Alberta Wildfire. Please go ahead. Hello, Jessica. Thanks for that question. Um, I, I had to look it up because Fire Terminators is a brand name uh, product. It's not a product that we use at Alberta Wildfire. So it may be um, used by a municipality or, or someone else involved in fighting the fire around the community. Um, any products that we use in Al as Alberta Wildfire, such as retardant uh, foam and gel uh, or plain old uh, lake water, um, everything is non-toxic. Uh, all of the chemicals in the products that we use are tested um, via the U.S. Forest Service and are, are the, on the quality products list that comes from uh, United States imports. So. Uh, all of the products that we use in fighting fire are non-toxic, but I'm afraid I'm not familiar with, uh, with that one product that's being used there. Thanks, Christy. Our next question is submitted from Gail, who's listening online. And Gail says, I recently returned home and the smoke is really bad in my town, but I can't find an air purifier for sale anywhere. Do I need one to protect the air in my home? What else can I use? So I'll have my colleague, Celine O'Brien, with the Department of Health, please go ahead. Thank you so much for the question. You don't need an air purifier. 
Things like shutting windows as long as temperatures remain comfortable would be important. Closing fresh air intakes. If you can find a, a humidifier, that may also help. You could also try turning furnace fans to the minimum setting. And I'm also going to turn the question over to my colleague Rob from the Insurance Bureau of Canada in case um, there, he can supplement with insurance questions. Thank you, Gail. And I'm happy that you were able to return home, but it's not good that you have smoke damage inside of your home. Remember that your home insurance covers not only fire damage, but smoke damage as well. So I would encourage you, if the smoke is bad in your home, to reach out to your insurance company to start that claims process. They work with fire and smoke restoration technicians that can assess your home to determine the best way to clean it, to make sure that your contents and your home itself will be cleaned properly, to make sure that you're not exposed to any additional smoke or health risks within your home. So make that call first thing tomorrow morning. If you think that you do have smoke damage and you want to have someone come in to do that cleaning process for you. Thank you, Gail. Thanks, Rob. Our next question is from John in Swan Hills. And John wants to know, what is the exact list of criteria that must be met for people to return to Swan Hills? So I'll have Bree Hutchinson with the Alberta Emergency Management Agency. Please go ahead. Thank you, John. And so I don't have your plan's exact, uh, your town's exact reentry plan in my hands right now, so I can't speak to the exact specifics of it. And I would encourage you to reach out to your local officials to get more info. But what I can tell you, what we do look at for reentry is number one, ensuring utilities are in place. So your town has not had any significant issues with power outages or gas, et cetera, but that is one of the first steps. Uh, it's also ensuring that the fire activity is moved far away from the town, a long enough distance with weather conditions and otherwise to ensure that it's not going to be an immediate threat to the town. And then all the fire apparatus or other things that have been in place to support the town are also cleared away to ensure there's no further hazards put in place as a result of those things. So for instance, uh, structural protection equipment such as sprinklers, et cetera, and large hoses would be removed. And then things like ensuring uh, the grocery stores are in place and able to provide services, the hospitals or healthcare centers in place are available to provide services and things of this nature. So there needs to be a bunch of coordinated moves to ensure that you have all essential services available in town before people start coming in and that any hazards such as structural protection units or the fire, et cetera, are not within a threat to the community. Thanks, Bree. And for everyone who is listening into this call, if you haven't had a chance and you still have a question, we have about 12 minutes left, and I encourage you to press star three if you would like to join the conversation. The next question is from Teresa in Athabasca County, and Teresa asks, what is the update on the Jackfish County Lake fire? And so I'll have Christy Tucker with Alberta Wildfire. Please go ahead. Thanks for the question. Um, this is a mutual aid uh, fire with Athabasca County. So Athabasca County is taking the lead on uh, fighting that fire, but we are certainly supporting them as we do with uh, all mutual aid fires uh, that are outside the forest protection area of Alberta. I do know that it is uh, 2,553 hectares in size. Uh, it is classified as being held, uh, which uh, for us means that it is not expected to grow beyond the established perimeter, given the conditions and the resources that are assigned to it. So it's not expected to grow uh, at the moment and its uh, crews are continuing to work on that fire. Uh, it has a deep ground fire, I understand, as it can, uh, fires can burn wide, but they can also burn deep into the ground. So that requires uh, extra work uh, on the ground in, in extinguishing those. So we have two uh, fire attack crews and a helicopter working on it this weekend, assisting the county with that fire. Thanks for that, Christy. Our next question is submitted from Maureen online. And Maureen says, what supports do emergency social services offer and how would I connect with them? 
So I'll ask Maggie Carroll with Seniors Community and Social Services to please go ahead. Thank you, Sarah, and great question, Maureen. Uh, very unfortunate that these circumstances are um, facing you right now, but if you are in need of emergency social services or any type of emergency financial benefits, and you are still under that seven day period of your evacuation for your community, you can call 310-4455 and ask to speak to the Income Support Contact Center. We have staff available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, who will assess your circumstances and to determine what services and what financial aid you may need. We can provide benefits such as health benefits for prescriptions, emergency dental, accommodation, clothing, food, um, and whatever emergency need that you may have uh, that we may be able to assist with. Don't hesitate to call. You don't have to wait the seven days to access emergency social services. Our benefits, like I said, are open seven days a week, 24 hours a day, and it's 310-4455 and ask for the Income Support Contact Center. Good luck, Maureen, and thanks for the question. Thanks, Maggie. Our next question comes in from the online portal from Tom, and it says, I was supposed to have a procedure done this week, but I'm evacuated. Can I still go to this appointment? So I'll have Dave Brown with Alberta Health Services, please go ahead. Thanks, Tom, for the question. All appointments uh, with laboratory services, mental health and public health in evacuated communities are postponed at this time. Clients will be contacted directly by Alberta Health Services to be rescheduled as soon as possible. Alberta Health Services also maintains uh, a presence at all evacuation centers and these areas can be contacted to uh, confirm appointments or any other sort of uh, services that uh, are expected from Alberta Health Services. Um, if you are a patient who is expected for assessment or treatment for a cancer diagnosis in an evacuated area, please call the Cancer uh, Center Transition Team toll-free at 1-888-432-888. 865. I'll just repeat that number again, 1-888-432-8865. Our team will work with you to ensure that your assessment or treatment remains as un uninterrupted as possible during this difficult time. Thank you. Thanks so much, Dave. The next question is from Betty, listening online, and Betty says, what damage will my insurance cover? So I'll ask Rob Dupree with the Insurance Bureau of Canada to please go ahead. Hi, Betty. Standard home and tenant insurance policies cover damage caused by fire and smoke. They also include mass evacuation coverage to help with the cost of additional living expenses for the people who are prohibited from returning home because of a evacuation order. And those additional living expense funding starts from the day that you're evacuated. As well, if your community experienced a power outage and you have food spoilage, food spoilage is commonly covered under home and tenant insurance policies as well. For your vehicle, if you purchase the optional comprehensive or all perils coverage, that coverage provides the repair costs for fire and smoke damage for your vehicle. So if you weren't able to take your vehicle with you and it remained at home and it did have fire or smoke damage, that can be covered as well. Betty, I hope you're able to return home soon. And if you do and you have damage to your home, remember that your insurance company is there to assist you. Stay safe, Betty. Thanks, Rob. This question comes from John in McLennan, and John says, is the fire still out of hand in McLennan? How far is it from the town? So I'll ask Christy Tucker with Alberta Wildfire to please go ahead. Hello, John. Thanks for your question. Um, the, the term we use is out of control, and that's an official fire classic classification, which means that uh, the fire 
uh, is active and it's expected that it could grow. Uh, the fire in, uh, near McLennan is still technically classified as out of control. Uh, it is 14 kilometers away from McLennan and we are continuing to, to work on that fire. So there is an incident management team in place. We have uh, crews and heavy equipment and aircraft uh, fighting that fire if we need it. It's technically 108,000 hectares in size, uh, but we haven't seen any growth. Uh, a lot of the fires uh, uh, today have seen some precipitation and there's an increased humidity and lower temperatures in the air, which means that many of the fires in the province have had lower activity. So that's the update on the fire near McLennan. Thanks very much for that, Christy. The next question is from Trisha, who's listening online. And Trish, Trisha says, Will the right ballot be at the voting center with the candidates from the region? So I'll ask Michelle Gurney with Elections Alberta to please go ahead. Thank you. And I'll cover this from three different angles because I'm uncertain whether we're asking about advanced voting here or on election day. So with regard to advanced voting, just a reminder that begins tomorrow and goes until the end of May 27th. And at any of those advanced voting locations in the province, you can receive a ballot with the candidates for your electoral division. So yes, those will be at any advanced voting location that you can get to. On election day, you do need to know where your assigned voting location is. So those were uh, mail, you did receive in the mail a where to vote card, recognizing that um, many people who are impacted by wildfires likely won't have those. You can go to our website, visit elections.ab.ca and you can find out where your voting location is. This is really important if you have been impacted by wildfires because some of our voting locations are changing and it will be important to look there and to see where your new location will be if it has changed. I do want to mention also that we are working really hard to see if we can set up voting, mobile voting locations in evacuation centers for election day and those would be for evacuees. We'll have more information about that on our website. And as I mentioned earlier, that's going to be the most, the most up-to-date place that you will find information. What's important to know about the mobile voting locations in evacuation centers is at those locations, there will be no ID requirement. Thanks for the question. Thanks so much for that information, Michelle. The next question, and there may only be a couple more questions left with the time we have together. This one's from Bob, who's listening online. And Bob says, how many fires are currently burning in Alberta and how many started on May long weekend? So I'll ask Christy Tucker with Alberta Wildfire to please respond. Uh, good evening, Bob. We have 72 wildfires currently burning in the province. And if people have been listening over the last few weeks, that's that's certainly one of the lower numbers that we've had in, in quite a while. So uh, 72 wildfires currently burning. And we did have recorded new starts between Friday morning and Monday morning of 18 wildfires. Now to put it in perspective, the number that we had last year, uh, which was not an extraordinary wild, wildfire season and we didn't have the conditions that we've been having, uh, the number of new starts last May long weekend was 97. So that's a significant drop from what we've seen last year. And I think it's due in part to the work of, of Albertans uh, and people respecting the fire bans in place across the province and the off-highway vehicles restrictions that have been put in place. And from, um, and from uh, paying attention to the request uh, to uh, voluntarily uh, not go into those high danger uh, areas because we certainly do have a lot of human caused fires at this time of year. So I, I do believe that that uh, the action of, uh, of people over the long weekend have made a difference this weekend for us. Well, thanks for that, Christy. And I wanted to take an opportunity to just say thank you to everyone for listening this evening and for submitting your questions. I hope that you were able to find the information and answers you were looking for through this conversation. However, if you're still looking for information about wildfires and supports for evacuees, I encourage you to visit alberta.ca slash emergency or to call 310-4455. 
I would like to thank our experts for participating in this call tonight from many different departments across government of Alberta, as well as other partners in this conversation, including Alberta Wildfire, the Alberta Emergency Management Agency, Alberta Health Services, the Insurance Bureau of Canada, Elections Alberta, and the RCMP. Thank you for participating. We will be back again tomorrow on Tuesday, May 23rd. However, we will be with you a little bit earlier at 7 until 8.30 p.m. If you received a call from us tonight to participate, you will receive the same call just a little bit earlier. Information about this town hall tomorrow and the future ones happening will be available on alberta.ca slash emergency. I encourage you to look there for information and to join us if you would still like to ask a question. Thank you again for joining us. Stay safe and good night.